Hello, hello, everyone. This is my fourth episode of Quarter Life Crazy. This is your favorite giraffe, Amy Manson. I just wanted to drop in here to say we are talking to a very special guest called Adeline about BDSM and kinky sex. So please be warned that we talk about squirting and blowjobs. So if you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable, listen anyway. Um, the sound quality does have some echoing problems that we are sorting out and have sorted out for episode five. But please bear with us because there may be, it may be a bit echoey, but you can do it because I promise I promise you the content is worth it. Enjoy. Hello, this is my fourth episode of Quarter Life Crazy. And um, today I have a very, very special guest. Please introduce yourself, Adeline. Hi, um, everyone. My name is Adeline. And if we're going to put a title, um, I am an empowerment and leadership coach. Um, but what I really do is really empower women to really reclaim their power, especially through um, sexuality and also really stepping into their divine feminine. Oh my God, you're so good at this. You've got your own podcast. What's it called? It's called the Not So Basic Life Show. So essentially it's just um, how to live an unconventional um, life in a conventional world. <laughs> it's great. I've listened to it. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. And so am I saying it wrong? Adeline or Adelaide? Adeline, Adeline, Adeline. Oh, either way. You're easy? Okay, yeah. I'll try and, I'll try and catch You can maybe try a different, different one throughout the show. That would be pretty <laughs> I'll, fun. I'll mix it up a bit. There yeah. we go. Um, so tell me about yourself a little bit like a Tinder profile. So you were on Tinder, oh. what would I, what would I get? I have to lead it that for a while, but um, like to say that I'm a little bit spicy. Oh, okay. Um, I like brains and I can get very sexual and what I like. We would get along very well if you like coriander, chili, and trance music. Co- Korean? Rock? Coriander. Oh, coriander. So um, I think it's called cilantro? cilantro in America. So like, okay, cilantro. Yeah. Okay. What is the name of Tinder profile? I can't even remember anymore. Yeah. That sounds like a good Tinder profile, though. Yeah. Spicy, sexual. There we go. Yeah. Coriander. What more else do you need? Exactly. <laughs> so it kind of like filters out people like, oh, you know, and it's easy to filter out those who actually have a conversation or just go high because there is a lot of things to talk about there. Yeah. A hundred percent. Wow. Okay. So I want, we're going to do the podcast. <laughs> we're already super excited. Um, I want to do the podcast in two different ways today. Um, so we're going to start off by a little bit different, an introduction, and then I am going to do the second part as a kind of question about about BDSM. Ooh, ooh. I have to try and remember that word in my head, the lettering, because I always oh, get really? it yeah. oh, wow. not only because I'm so vanilla and I literally have speech <laughs> I have speech dyslexia, so I was literally like, okay, BDSM, remember, remember, remember. Now, now, now all you're gonna think about, and there you go, you would never just have vanilla ice cream. Oh vanilla sex or there, vanilla anything. There we go. Yeah. There we go. And okay, so Adeline, I want you to read out an advertisement <laughs> that joined us together. We joined together on a kind of female empowerment bullshit WhatsApp group chat, basically. <laughs> so we can you read out what got sent to me? There we go. So go on, read out this. <clears throat> so seven step pussy massage. How to be the best she's ever had inside the bedroom. This isn't just some ordinary fingering thing you've seen before. This is an entire experience that no woman has gone through. This technique is what separates the boys from the men when it comes to how a woman wants to be touched in the bedroom. 
Andrew has been traveling all around the world teaching this technique on his high-end retreats to only his most exclusive clients and today he wants to give it to you for free. <laughs> so men can have mind-blowing sexual experiences with women they care about, women they care about, by opening their hearts, connecting and deeply with themselves. As a result, becoming the best she ever had inside and outside the bedroom. So, for like maybe the last part, opening the heart that I can accept, but um, the rest, I feel like we have something to talk about it, isn't it? What, um, what stands out for you the most? <laughs> First of all, you know, I don't think seventh step is going to give the girl an orgasm. Yes. Or it might be. And I think one thing that I really want to highlight is that orgasm is not the same as squirting. So maybe you might be able to have the best fingering technique. It might squirt. It might be a good experience for her, especially if she has never squirted before. But I think um, the best sexual experience where you get into this, like, quantum level because we have to bring in the quantum word because okay, um, he, ca he calls this sexual quantum leap i mean i should try i should like chuck in some cosmic leap or something but um i think it's more of the whole like it's like a technique or steps when you know when you have like great mind-blowing sexual connection it really is a presence between both parties okay and also i don't know how he teach his high-end clients in the retreats um, you know, because obviously a doll will not <laughs> respond to you as what a woman would. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think there was a joke in the WhatsApp chat, wasn't it, that everyone was like, um, we, we don't trust his credentials. Exactly. <laughs> and it was like, what credentials? It's a doll. Um, can you just, I mean, we, I won't rip until he's put his public face on there. Public face, I don't know what public face. <laughs> he's put his face on there in his picture, but... Yeah, I, for me, when I read this, I honestly thought it was a piss take joke. One, I'm kind of like, uh, pussy massage, nah, doesn't sound right, doesn't sound. Yeah, I mean, the great. step was like really triggering me. It's like, this is not a checklist, it's not a funnel yeah. process. It's like, okay, so first you gotta like, I don't know, I don't know, get a lead into, I don't know, into the vagina, into the pussy, like, what like what is the steps yeah it's like yeah. and it's kind of like for me my biggest thing was like if you want to know how to finger a girl ask the girl you're fingering how she wants to be fingered like, yeah because i i don't know about you but i don't know how much these retreats are costing do you know did you no, research no I, I didn't do my research i mean i can teach you for free if you want. <laughs> i mean um to be fair, from what I heard from my men friends that are really good with fingering is that there is a particular anger, like at an angle that you will trigger the liquid or the G-spot to, 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 to squirt. But um, I think apart from that, like it still comes down to how much the woman or the, your partner will surrender to you. Because for me, um, I had my very first squirting experience about a month or two ago. Oh, okay. I can't believe I just shared it on the World Wide Web, so... I'm there you so, go, guys. I'm, are you going to have to tell me about that one? Yeah. I can't let that slide. How was that? So it was a very, like, liberating experience because I think, you know, like, this is why I think that it's not, like, a destination to get to. And in the past, I was like, I try to squirt. And the more you try to squirt the more you're not going to squirt because I think what the, people don't know. The pressure, is The pressure, yeah. like, you're in your mind. And what people don't understand is, like, orgasm is not, like, a goal to hit. And if you focus more on the experience, you know, you're going to have, like, all these orgasms, squirting, mind-blowing sex, like, all the, thing that, um, all the things that you want. And for me, it was a very... It was a very 
very beautiful experience because I felt like I have surrendered in a way that I have never been before. Yeah. And also, um, you know, at that time, with that experience, I have unleashed a very submissive side of myself that I have never seen before as well. Yeah. So I kind of knew, but like it was just uncovered. I was like, oh, wow, okay, cool. Did you do that by yourself or were you with someone? I was with a okay. lover or a partner. Can you yeah. do it by yourself? I think you can, but it's not the. I mean, I think I have had, yeah, but I have had like, not with fingers though, I had it with like a um, dildo. Okay, yeah. Like a little rabbit or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Yeah, better at the angles. Exactly. So. Well, yeah, and I think this is what, I mean, I'm very grateful for Andrew because he brought us together to do this podcast. And also I think starting conversations around us as well. And I feel like if your man is about to pay for a seven step pussy massage, um, I would highly recommend you to maybe tell him, you know, he can spend that money and take you on a holiday. I'm sure you're going to have. Wait, to a romantic my... dinner, Ex- have a nice... Exactly. Oh, God, what, like, a like, hotel room, hotel roses room. on the bed, yeah. champagne. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you get a better experience than um, learning how to finger. I think it was neat. Well, this is probably just my last comment on my, well, this guy seven-step pussy massage was... It, it was more the language and like you say I don't have anything against a guy wanting to give confidence to other men in the bedroom like that's great if you yeah. want to share your experiences if you want to make yourself feel confident and bring more to the table I don't think there's anything wrong with that but it's just about being the best she's ever had like it's not about being the best she's exactly. ever had it's not a competition it's about the intimate experience you share together exactly what it's supposed to be it is and i think that if you know if you are i guess awake an awakened man i don't want i try not to label things but you would understand that it really is the experience that you share with um your partner and i always put this out there that it doesn't matter how good your technique or how good anything is if you don't have presence at that time it really doesn't mean anything. And um, speaking from my own experience, even as a woman in the past, I was like, you know, oh, I'm trying to like accumulate knowledge of all the men that I've slept with to be good in bed. Um, you know, like you're learning an online course, you know, you're yeah, just that, checking yeah, off like seven step program. Seven step, exactly. <laughs> and um, one of my most like mind blowing experience was that what I realized, it really wasn't about how, what I know is really, Really tuning in with the sensation and the response that you get from your partner. You know, it could be using your teeth, using your tongue, using your fingers and see how you respond to that and kind of pushing that, pulling back and just having that flow. Yes. Like that trumps anything that I've ever learned and the experience worse. I think, I guess that's what they call quantum sex or like cosmic sex or sacred sex where you just get into this pure ecstasy because you're so present with each other and it's just more of a you're push really and button yeah, yeah it's just like a, a magnetic thing you know like I, I try to like you know maybe bite you a little bit how you react to it and how you kind of go with that so it's really it's like a body energetic exchange type situation and you can't do it if you limit yourself to seven steps there are that's yeah. very good. I like what you did there. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, for anyone that wants to go to the Seven Step Pussy thing, um, it's on the 24th of September in Bali. Um, am I spa? Yeah, I guess, you know, if you want, I can give you some tips. You can just hit me on my Instagram. I'll give you a free advice. <laughs> there we go. What's your Instagram handle? Um, I am Adeline Err. There we go. There we go. <laughs> okay, so let's go on to the second part. So I really, uh, without 
talking too much about well if I need to I will but um my own sexual experiences I am not adventurous like I say I can barely even say BDSM <laughs> would, would, would kink be a little bit easier um yeah kinky stuff well I can say it's just purely my, the me trying to get it out of my mouth that's the, <laughs> that's <laughs> what she said <laughs> <laughs> sorry I had to do that I got a bit excited here. <laughs> Don't oh, worry, okay, there we go. There we go, it works. And um, so yeah, so I kind of wanted to ask some questions um to Adeline to really talk about from someone who's really lacking in this kind of experience, the very basic. So maybe some listeners will be like, oh my God, Amy, you, this is so obvious. Or maybe others will be like really interested in the beginner kind of stuff. Yep. So um, let's crack on. So my first, I've got 10 questions for you Adeline. And um, first one is, what is BDSM? So, I mean, thank you for putting that out. To be honest, I kind of remember what it actually stands for. So it's bondage, discipline, domination, and submission. Um, and I think that that is more of the technical term behind it. And personally, I kind of use an interchange between kink and BDSM, but I like to use kink a little bit better because kink is basically anything outside of the norm or the status quo or what we seem as normal. And um, I guess that in terms of like bondage, discipline, domination and submission, that there is a lot of different categories as well and different people has different kings so for example personally i really enjoy power play so there's a power dynamic between um one or another and that really highlights the difference between i think that really have that sexual polarity between a masculine and feminine energy yeah um i also really really enjoy breath play and that's why i always tell my men friends to Learn how to choke because it's a very nice experience. Um, is that breath play is choking? Yeah, choking is a part uh, of breath play. So you can do it with, um, you can do it with pillow, you can do it with ropes, and of course it comes down to the trust and the boundaries that you set with your play partner or yeah. your partner. Um, so in terms of like BDSM, that's kind of like the the I guess the overarching name for it. And then you have different kings. So some people are really into like daddy little girl like kind of situation for me I mean I have great relationship with my dad so you know I think that's also some of the misconception people have and including myself is that you need to have some sort of like physical sexual trauma to kind of fall into that but you know and I think that all of us um as women potentially even men has gone through like generations of sexual trauma and sexual shame and that's why a lot of us don't even talk about this or don't even know how to talk about it. I mean, yeah. a year ago or a year and a half ago, like I can't even say the word sex out loud. And here I am like sharing about my sex life on the internet. About so. your squirting, babe, there we exactly. go. Exactly. So, <laughs> oh boy, my mom's going to be like, what the fuck is she going on about? But you know, it's all for women empowerment. And I'm, this is why I'm so passionate about sharing my experience and really encouraging women to go like to experience that for themselves is because it has really helped me um, really find my truth and re- overcome a lot of shame, learning how to um, um, set boundaries, um, expressing myself um, and really finding my voice and being able to ask for, well, first of all, know what I want and love in bed and actually asking for it. And yes. I think it's something that we don't even know. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, Cause this is what, when I say, um, 
with before about um, if you want to know how to finger a girl, just ask the girl. But some some of the girls they don't even finger themselves. They don't. They haven't yeah. even had an orgasm themselves. So it's kind of like, well, how do they know if and how does the guy know? So exactly. It is. It's great that we're having these conversations, and that's why I'm so grateful that you came on the oh, podcast. I'm so excited. <laughs> Me too. And um, okay, going on to the next kind of question. Um, how does BDSM work? So in how what are the boundaries how does how do you how would how would you even begin the conversation of saying to someone that's what you're into yeah so that's a very very good question so um i think one thing that i am very grateful for is that the um the few of the partners or the men that has introduced me into the kink or bdsm world were incredible and they they really spend the time educating me on what BDSM really is. I think that, you know, with the lack of education and how we go for porn for education, which, you know, porn is there to entertain us, to give us inspiration, um, not many people really talk about the safety side of BDSM. So um, what I, from memory, is SSC, so is safety, um, sanity, and consent. So safety, obviously... Say that again, so SSC. Yes, it's safety, sanity... And consent. So safety, you know, if you're doing ropes, shibari, I can go into that deeper, um, a lot deeper later. As shibari is Japanese ropes, and it's one of oh, the. On me. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> we can do a, we can do a time session later. Um, it, it's uh, I it's one of the most healing experience I've had. Um, and so you know, with that, if you're going to suspend someone, you need to make sure that you have the scissors, or you need to know that you know where the pressure point is, because you know, obviously, if you're being restrained at a particular um, angle or like um, th- it might put pressure on your joints and stuff. Yeah. So safety is really important. Um, and, you know, like we mentioned about earlier, choking is that you need to know the right part to choke and when to tap in and tap out. There's like all these communications. So safety is really important. And the second one is sanity. So sanity means no drugs, no alcohol and no substance. Wow. Yeah. That's very impressive. It's very, yeah. I mean, to be fair, there is like that 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 grey area with alcohol and sometimes drugs. Yeah. But you know, I think that most of the cases, if you just start to play, it's very strict that to not have. I mean, I wouldn't let someone that is on drugs tie me up because because oh yeah. yeah, I'm giving this person so much trust and surrendering to that person. So if he's not in his most right mind. yeah right mind, you know, it, it's it can be dangerous. And the last one is the most important thing, which is consent, which you know has been talking like um, spoken about. In the last couple of years or you know um consent so um one thing that i found super like um what's the word i can't think of it. like really and i don't know if like really eye-opening for me when i first got into bdsm was i've never felt so respected than i ever had with like one my one night stand so um one of them is that after you have like a play or like a session with your lover there's this thing called aftercare so you kind of cuddle with each other and just have that body contact because of all the adrenaline and like um the endorphins that goes up and down and you know if you i never really gone that extreme because pain is not my thing um but it's just having that cuddle and that that body contact exactly um and i think that that's the beauty of bdsm and sometimes people think it's all about like rough sex i mean I'm not going to complain about that, but um, I think the consent part is really important. And what I found really intriguing at the start was, um, you know, even someone that I've played 
well, we call them play, but like, you know, because it's kind of, you slept together, but it's more than sleeping together. So it's kind of like played together like in a different setting. It like, if you wanted to kiss me or like touch me, he was like, can I touch you? Can I kiss you? Which I thought it was very respectful. And, you know, compared to some like dickheads you see in the pub, I'm like, oh, I bought you a drink and I'm going to make out with you. I'm like, hold on there, buddy. Like, yeah. you know, and so consent is a very big thing. And, um, and how, I think it's very important for women out there that wants to explore to really um, kind of have a chat with the people that you are going to play with. So Field is like a Tinder for um, people that have some sort of king. So it's F-E-E-L-D, I think. Um, and FetLife is where you can find people as well. And what I've learned from the partners that I've played with is that I would ask them questions on what they think about BDSM and what they think about the psychology behind it. If that person can't explain it, I probably wouldn't play with them because there are a lot of men that say, I'm open to anything. I'm into like BDSM, but all they want is like rough sex. And yeah. And actually, power dominates. Exactly. But they do it for themselves. And I tell this to... It's not mutual experience. Exactly. And I think that for women out there, if the man doesn't ask you what you like or wants to pleasure you, Run straight, straight to the door. But that's even in normal sex, isn't it? It's exactly. like as soon as you get a guy, if you're having a one night stand and all he wants to do is like Jack coming you like a rabbit, and you're like, and he's like, oh, did you come? And you're like, no, mate, that was 30 seconds. Yeah, I'm like, you, you don't even make it to a gym. Yeah, you, did, you didn't warm me up, you didn't get anywhere, there was no intimacy that's not going to get me off jack around like exactly and i think that it's so important like um i remember having this conversation with someone on tinder before corona um and he was like oh i want to like know how naughty you are and was like asking all these questions he was like you know do you ring do you like dick throat do you like swallow and i and then i was like what is in for me and he was like good sex and he doesn't even take the the he doesn't even ask what do you enjoy yeah. and with all the partners and I think what people might not know about BDSM is even though you're if you're submissive the dominant partners makes it a priority to pleasure you yeah, yeah. yeah it's 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 such a beautiful like um exchange of energy and experience that you know sometimes it might involve like some sort of restraints pain and all that but but it, it, it's so beautiful to see how both party wants to make the other party feel it's good. It's a mutual experience. Exactly. And that's what you, you don't get sometimes, I think, with normal sex, is you don't get that mutual experience. It's just trying to get yourself off or them off, or it's yeah. not very, like, mutual. It's insane what you're talking about, the SSC. Yeah. Like, because that, that does sound like, for me, like, wow, super respectful and super engaging, super, like, communication is open. It's like an adventure and you're exploring and, like you say, play. But it's it's mad that you don't even have that in just normal. Exactly, you don't. Like, um, what? Like, yeah. It's, it's insane. And, like, I like to crack this joke every time I tell the story is that if you don't actually say out what you want, you literally get fucked over because, you know. <laughs> literally? Like, literally, yeah. <laughs> and that's what, um, that's what it has helped me so much in my self-expression. Mm-hmm. I remember the very first time when I had my, you know, when I popped my kink cherry, um, the guy was like, so what do you like and what do you don't like? And I look at him, I'm like, what? Like, it's like a debrief after like a meeting. Yeah. It's like, what do you enjoy? What do you not, what do you not enjoy? What's your evaluation from it? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, and that was the first time, like that's why bringing back to what we spoke about at the start is that a lot of the time we don't even know what we like because we're so used to thinking, okay, a penis inside our vagina and that's it. But I don't know about you, but for me, foreplay 
like sometimes gets me so much more like in the zone and like really gets me it off makes more me than more connected yeah it's like, it's like yeah when i'm having foreplay it's more like okay i'm really i'm really with you we're really in this together we're going on a build-up together exactly and that like that push and pull and i and i think bdsm i suppose it's just a a a prolonged foreplay or like a guaranteed foreplay so there we go yeah um okay so question three what do you need from all parties involved I think so that was the consent and really um so before you have so I think before you have a scene when I have a scene it means that you know we're going to go into the zone as um you know you might be the dominant or like um the master or whatever you want to call it or and then that's the bottom which is the 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 one that's being dominated so you're going to set out your heart boundaries so the the master and the bottom so top and bottom or like isn't that more is that more gay sex or am i getting that completely wrong no so you can call you can call call the master like sir whatever that you like um and, and and then it comes down to the negotiation between both parties um and you know sorry i'm getting excited now man i know we're like we're all getting a bit excited here that's that's the outcome that i'm trying to achieve here girls um so you have negotiation you have heart boundaries and soft boundaries which is why again like you know it's so it brings so much self-awareness to you as a person really knowing like what you want and it's crazy how so many women like i mean i used to be one i'm like i didn't know what i like in bed i thought it was just sex and that's it yeah um so you know really setting your heart boundaries so for me oh god now everyone knows my heart boundaries so i'm really ticklish so um you know when i'm being restrained i always say my heart boundaries is no tickling yeah and of course with the ones like with blood like i don't go that extreme um in terms of bdsm place so it's on a spectrum and for me really it has been such a healing experience i kind of fell into it because my coach invited me to this party when he told me that it was going to be very good for my healing and tapping into my feminine energy but I've seen how transformational it can be so um yeah I guess it comes down to negotiation knowing what you want and the trust I think the trust is very important and also when it's no it means no yeah is it um because kind of my only reference which is horrendous is bloody um 50 shades of gray 365 days Oh, it's really bad because that is basically kidnap and stuff. But the sexual chemistry in that is like, oh, see that I've I've not watched that 365 days because, um, like you say, it's that I've heard a lot of reports and like seen a lot of things. I know there was like that famous singer as well that talked about her and experience from watching it and like this is kidnap, this is rape, like it shouldn't be sexualized and idealized. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, maybe I'll have to watch it. Fifty Shades has opened up a lot of, I think, open the, um, the perspective of BDSM to a lot of people. But according to a lot of my friends in the community, everyone hated Fifty Shades, Shades because I think Christian Grey kind of violated some sort of consent. Um, I, I haven't watched a movie. Mate, he was before. a crazy stalker. I literally at one point, like she's having a business meeting with a business guy, and he comes in and he's like. Oh, I can't even tell you, but it was literally like, he comes in and he's like, what are you doing? This is my wife. And I'm like, she's in a business meeting? Like, oh, I forgot about her. Yeah, like, so I think, no, like, in in the real world, we are a lot more respectful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, he wasn't very good. <laughs> um, but just, sorry, just with that, the reason I bought Fifty Shades of Grey was 
Is it code worded? Is Safe words. Safe words. Yeah, yeah so words. um yeah, so there are safe words. Um I mean for me personally I never really needed to use it because I haven't really gone to that extreme. For me it really is that sensuality and like that that, that surrender and like submitting to the control. Um so yeah, you can use safe word and if you're in a party, like a kink or BDSM party, if someone says red the entire party is stopped. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. so um, the if you're in the right community, it takes, like, they take that very seriously. So I think that, you know, if you want to explore, you know, I mean, in Bali, there's a great community, but I think over, um, if you're in a Western world, I think, like, New York and LA and San Fran has a pretty solid community. Yeah. So um, start looking out for communities and, you know, making sure that your safety is first. Yeah, safety and yeah. trust. I just feel like I'd be safer in one of these parties than having, I mean, I've got a boyfriend, but like a one night stand he in can, Bali. He, I mean, he can come with ah. you. <laughs> there you go. I'm not going to say his name. Um, but it would, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you were having a one night stand, um, it would be, I, I feel more unsafe in that environment than going to one of these. Exactly. Yeah. And parties. then once you've experienced like mind blowing sex, you don't, you, that's how I like to call it. Once you experience junk food sex, so. Once you've experienced gourmet sex, you don't want to go back to junk food sex. Oh, there we go. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. Is that yours? Is that one of yours? I, I came across somewhere before junk food. I don't know where I came across it, and I was like, yeah, I'm using this junk food sex and gourmet sex. Wait, there we go. Oh, that's great. That sounds Yeah, amazing. get the gourmet, like, salad, not that 7-Eleven salad. Yeah. No offense to 7-Eleven. <laughs> um, okay, so we, I want to talk more about the divine feminine. So what does that mean? what does that mean so i think how i personally see the divine feminine really is that innate power that we have as women um something like especially the creativity the intuition and just having this life force energy i mean we can push a baby out of our vagina yeah from nothing you know um and i think that that's something that many of us women has lost touch of how powerful we are um and what i like to say the divine feminine it's like the this inner um, energy that you have, you know, it can be wild, it can be crazy, it can be like really out there. So it's kind of like the ocean, you know, when the waves, you know, when they see um, high tide, it's wild, it's crazy, it's loud. But, you know, when it's doing the low tide, it's calming, is really soothing. And um, one thing that I like to say about divine, fe- like about the whole divine feminine is that we have so much love to give. Like, us women, we are basically love, and you know, if we really allow ourselves to tap into that, that divine feminine of ours, we we can be so nurturing and healing. And this is what the collective need right now. Yeah, is it kind of like um, how uh, how to say it? It's an energy, so like it's, it's a like polarity. The- so like that's like the sexual pole of masculine and feminine. Um, but yeah, so the so the masculine energy and a feminine energy exist. In all of us, the divine feminine is more like the goddess spirit of women. Because it would be more like for me, um, I feel like we are taught constantly by society, patriarchal, white supremacy, all that, is that we are told to squash, squash, be calm, be quiet, be silent. And then there's that whole Madonna theory as well, isn't it? Like, you want the whore, but you want the good good virgin. Exactly. You want the virginal girl, and then you... But if you've got the virginal girl, you want the whore. When you've got the whore, you want the virginal girl. And it's like, I feel like it's... We're taught constantly to 
be pretty and calm and nice and easy. And so it's unlocking the divine feminine, kind of bringing that calmness and like you're saying with the waves, but also mixing it and loving yeah, yeah and just not explain myself very yeah well, do you know what i mean yeah you explain it really well um i think that um so for me personally anyways like i have this really crazy and wild side and you can probably tell from <laughs> the crazy conversations that we've had um but the thing is you know so many of us are so afraid to like let our hair down to go wild because like you said we're told to be a good girl and even when you know we're in a corporate world it's like you have to be a man or like you have to play yeah, the game. Toxic, toxic, toxic masculinity. masculinity. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the divine feminine is, I can, why why can't I be in a boardroom? But I come with who I really am, which is the essence as a divine feminine, which is, you know, nurturing, co-creating. We're not competing for power. We're all about giving. And this is what I see also. We're automatically seen as weak then. Exactly. Yeah. Like you're too emotional. But look at look at what happened now. Everyone has zero emotional intelligence. Like either they get really angry or they don't feel anything at all. Mm-hmm. And this is why we're, we're here at this state at the moment. And, you know, if you want to translate back to sex, is that, you know, sex is really about experiencing, about feeling, about that sensation. And if you have none or your emotions, when you're trying to chase your success, when you're trying to build your corporate career or business, you kind of like numb yourself and numb yourself from what is sensation as well. Wow, that's so interesting. I think for me on a personal level, and I've literally only started doing this six months ago, is allowing myself to be angry. And that is one of the most basic human emotions there is. And yet it's only recently that I've gone, okay, you're feeling angry, be angry. Something's pissed you off, it's pissed you off. Like, it's okay to feel this negative. It's not even a negative emotion, it's just an emotion. It's just an emotion, yeah. And I like you use the word allowing. And I think that, like, us women, like, we've forgotten how to allow ourselves to receive. And receive is such a feminine like energy and you know a lot of, I, I don't know about you but for me it's like I love it when a man can lead I'm independent I can do things for yeah. myself but if I'm going to date you like I want you to take charge but what I, I want you like, to I want you to look after me I want you to yes. see you're equal but I, I do want you to look after me I want you to be my man like, yeah, yeah. Like, I want you to look after me I want you to take me out I want you to like decide for us and one thing I realized I was cock blocking myself from that is because I don't allow myself to receive because I'm so used to protecting myself. I'm so used to like, oh, you can't be emotional. You can't be soft. You can't be whatever it is that everyone tells you you can't be. But what, you know, if you really have a good um, pole between the masculine and the feminine is like in order for the masculine to take charge, you have to be your feminine, which is being in flow, being soft, being like, yes, you know, allowing. I think you use the word allowing mm. because that's something that I'm working on on my journey at the moment as well so i'm glad you brought it up <laughs> yeah there we go um okay so i'm just turning on the light um what is our naked truth so i've kind of got that off reading your website and your um, listen to your podcast tell me more about what's our naked truth so that's i came up with that naked truth as a way or, or rather why i am such a strong believer of um working on our sexuality and you know how transformative um tapping into our sexuality can be is because you know when you are having sex you are really showing up as your most authentic self and you know if we are referring back to this advertisement of like pussy massage and having the best sex you ever had the thing is having the the most mind-blowing sex that you have is how naked you allow yourself to be but not in terms of physically but how vulnerable you allow yourself to be um how how yeah like how 
how much you allow yourself, to, you know, the dark side of you to come out. Like I mentioned, you know, when I had my squirting experiences that I always knew I was submissive, but there was this really submissive and wanting to please. And it might seem, you know, from a societal um, eye, you might be like, oh, that's too sexual. And for me, I, I, I know when there's like, you know, the yellow fever and all these like Asian fantasy type mm-hmm. thing. But then for me, that is a part of me that it's just me. I can't explain what it is. And just allowing that to show or having like conversations with um, the, the partner that you're you're being with at the time. is like, I like this. I don't like that. This is what you can do. Would you like more of that? Just showing up as your most authentic and vulnerable self naked, not just physically, but on a soul level. And I think that, you know, if you really want to kind of use sexuality as a way to to tap into spirituality and tap into spiritual growth that's a way to that's a way to um kind of look into that that's amazing everything you just said about the naked self then that is it's super about being vulnerable and just only if you feel comfortable but discussing this just how you're saying about the stereotypes is there a sense of if did you just mean that because i could be getting this wrong that when you do enjoy maybe some of those uh, stereotypes that you do have guilt for feeling that way or not is that what were you trying to say yes in the past so I think um for me like I think again I think for us women it's really important to really get clear of who we are because they are people that generally have that yellow fever and I don't entertain any of that because they can't differentiate between Chinese and Vietnamese and that is like I'm like I'm sorry you're just being ignorant I don't care what yellow fever you know um, but there is a stereotype, um, actually, we're going very deep here now, so... Um, Only if you feel comfortable. Oh, no, that's... I, I'm open to sharing that. <laughs> um, I think, um, yeah, when I first... I've always known, like, I knew that I had the fantasy and I knew that I always liked to be, like, submissive. I don't know, is it from, like, you know, a day-to-day life of how I like to be taken care of? Um, but when I first um, got into BDSM, it was like a big part of that was working through my shame. Not only shame for wanting to have sex for pleasure, because as women, especially, you know, from the Asian culture, is like you're technically not meant to have sex until you're married or whatever it may yeah. be. And, you know, sex is more of like a sacred thing with your husband to, to reproduce and all that stuff. So Baby making. Yeah. Exactly. And the fact that I just want to have it because I just want to have a good time that was the first shaman and after that I was like wow I really enjoy being like tight like tied up trying to be ordered around and there was this whole you know like shame around that um and I am also aware that there were people that are forced into that kind of stuff so for me it's like and the advice that I give um my clients is that if that makes you if, if that empowers you by all means really lean into that 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 um that dark side the shadow side of you um because and and i think that's the reason why you have so many people with weird anger out there because they have no way to channel that and you know that doesn't mean that we're bad person it's just it's just a part of us that likes to express ourselves in that way and um and yeah it's it's some it's it's a really interesting journey to really lean into that that's why when i said that i've always known that and when i squirted a couple of months ago like I was like wow like that that really submissive side of me has really unleashed itself I was like wow interesting yeah do you know just when you just literally said then if it makes you feel empowered then go for it yeah it's like 
well, yeah, you could be empowered to play a submissive role. Yeah. Because I'm, just, I'm sure there's so many people. I know loads of people that are like, oh, I just love when like someone takes control, ties me yeah. up, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's interesting if you feel empowered by getting tied up, then yeah, do it. Do it for you. Fuck what anyone else thinks, Exactly. Yeah, and I know that men that likes to get tied up, yeah. like vice versa, I'm just speaking. Yeah, it's, it's a very, and I think that, one thing you've learned from the kink community as well is that it, it's a really beautiful family and, you know, bringing back to the naked truth actually is that because you've seen each other's dark side unleashing their sexual kink is that you're also there for each other. Like people are more open in sharing like their dark side or their, like their fuck ups and that's what makes human yeah, connection getting, great. You're getting so, you're going through so many different barriers by... 20 minutes of sex play isn't it like you go through it usually go longer than that well, exactly. yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I just like I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, usually go longer than that but, but I just mean it yeah I know, I know you could do like what eight years yeah. of therapy and then you could go connect with someone on so many different layers exactly just, uh, however how long does yeah. it how long, let me go look what's the last question how long oh. does a normal session take I don't know I I think that's also the beauty of like when you're in this like what I call like pure ecstasy experience where you just lost track of time like you know you're just so in the flow you're just doing your thing and it's like oh fuck two hours is gone and you don't even know how long you actually have penetration and I think that something I forgot to mention at the start is people need to start viewing sex, sex as more than just penetration penetration is just a spectrum of how you get that feeling but you know you can't there's all, all this foreplay that we spoke about and um yeah i guess a couple of hours couple of hours couple yeah, of that's hours. Good. yeah that's a good session um okay tell me what is quantum sex oh i feel like we covered that quite yeah, a bit um i i like to explain In a definition yes um oops my little little balls out um i'm trying to kill the echo guys with my mics and i've got we've got these fake little fluffy balls they're really that keep cute. falling off they're really good um <laughs> I like to explain it as pure ecstasy. It's um, it's this feeling where you're just so you just melt into each other's presence yeah. and just letting the other person take control of it. And you like you're just completely in your body. Body, you don't think of what you need to do. It's just whatever comes out. And um, sometimes that person might have a really primal sight that comes to it, and you might have this. And you just, you are in your fullest, you're in your most expressed self. So, you know, whether it's making noise, whether it's making sound, moaning or whatever it may be, you're just in that moment and, you know, like time just does not matter. You're not, you, you just keep going and keep going. It's not like, oh, I have to, you know, get an orgasm in like five minutes. And I, I guess how I say that is like timeless timeless yeah Yeah, um and it's just in such great flow that yeah sounds kind of sounds not to talk too much about drugs but like a drug trip it is like it it is like a drug trip yeah because it's like when you're in that experience and you're having that kind of experience um it doesn't matter about the time the time kind of disappears Yeah. yeah and it's like it's not about the time and how long it takes it's literally it's not even an a concept anymore it's yeah it's not no longer a concept and you're just so focused in each other present at that moment and it wasn't like am i okay i feel like now we're getting really really intimate but i guess 
it just flows, so I'm just gonna let it go. So for example, like for me, like I never really like giving blowjobs for some reason. Yeah. But when I'm in that state, it's just there's this thing that I just want to like please and just do everything and like it's not something that my my logical mind likes to do, but when you're in that state it just happens and it's like magnetic. Yeah, yeah it's like a magnet between two poles. Oh wow. Yeah. I can guarantee that you're not going to achieve that with seven step. <laughs> I have to do that. I feel like this is such a false ad- advertisement. Oh my God, it really is. What would you, I'm sorry, I'm going off slightly off track on the questions here, but in response to how we're talking now, do are men talk in this way? Do you know, are you having conversations with men like this or not as much? Um, I've had convers. I mean, one thing, I've learned from this experience is also to let men know yeah. when they have helped me shift a particular way in my life, especially through sexual sexuality. Um, because I think one of the things as a divine feminine is being really expressive and sometimes, you know, men also have been, you know, have been put in this like constant need to perform that they've forgotten how good they are. So I make a point to let them know how good they are. And um, yeah, I guess I have spoken to um, a few of my play partners in terms of like what my experiences and it kind of felt the same um, with, for them as well. Um, I, I only started doing that probably the start of this year. This year. Yeah. Because just me and you talking now, this is the most in-depth conversation I've ever had about sex in my entire life. Really? Yeah, really. Like, honestly, this is the deepest I've ever gone in my life. Wow. And probably some people are like, that's not even that deep. But I'm like, whoa, my head's blown. Oh, wow. But my fear is, is that I can sit here with very lack of experience, but I'm open to understanding it and learning and yeah. being like wow this is really intriguing will i try it one day who knows but it's it's this is more of exploring right exploring exactly. the idea yeah. what i'm terrified of and i i hate to well i hate to say the word terrified is that we're having this conversation but i'm terrified of what the conversation is at this seven step pussy program is it men gonna be just like yeah fucking finger up the yeah. shade a little shit smack the doll like that's what I'm consciously terrified of. Yeah, I know what you mean about that. And I think that that's why it's very important for you to explore it with the right community. And I think that's part of the divine feminine, really listen, learning to trust yourself and your intuition. And if it doesn't feel right, it probably isn't right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, actually quite an interesting thing, like, you know, one of the best experiences that I had, it was end of last year. And for a long time, I rejected in my head, I was like, it was just really good sex because it doesn't make sense. Like, like, none of my friends has gone through this and it was something that I had to, like, sit with for a couple of months. I'm like, hold on, that is not, that is not just sex. I think, I thought it was just sex. And then I was reading um, David Dieter's The Way of Superior Man. Anyone has a partner or a boyfriend, highly recommend the book, The Way of Superior Man. Um, and I... I was, when I was reading it, I'm like, oh, this is what it is. Like, I can really understand the whole, like... So he talks about a little bit about how what us women really want is openness to love. And when you have a man that is penetrating you with his purpose and his present, it just opens you up. Yeah. And I was like, I felt 
every bit of that and I was like okay this is what the experience I had and really honoring so that like when you cry when you like when had the orgasm time you have sex you cry yeah, yeah I had that first time I was like what is going on <laughs> yeah and that's also because we hold a lot of shame that we don't even know like wow. around our womb so yeah and like back to your question on that it's really valid on like having conversations with um, the man and if he can't explain it beyond I'm open to exploring rough sex and can't explain beyond that two um, that two sentence I would be very careful and if a man doesn't ask you what you enjoy or try to have that conversation with you I also will be very careful careful yeah yeah because it's like we're talking now and we're talking about squirting and blowjobs so it's like it's not that we I just feel like our conversation is it's it's not too like so sorry i'm getting stuck here but in kind of like i feel like sometimes we could be like oh women are too emotional oh we get too offended by it even though it's absolutely fine if we get offended but it's like we have these topics of conversations we talk about these things i just think we go into it a bit more deeper and a bit more open instead of just yeah Seven step fuck out exactly. finger in. Like it's it's deeper. Yeah, than and if the women feel offended, it's your job as a man for not making her feel safe and she can't trust you enough. So maybe you should man up and just give her the presence that she needs. Yeah. A hundred percent, that's very true. And um, okay, so we've kind of gone into this. Um I don't know if you can give me more kind of specifics, it doesn't have to be personally, but how is sex a self-discovery tool, like the dark side when you talk about dark side trauma and healing. So for me as an outsider I would assume getting tied up in rope would be traumatic. If I had had a childhood experience where I was abused or something and then I got tied up, I thought that that would be, that. Yeah. logically it's re-triggering. Exactly. So I think that if you have any like physical abuse or any like traumas, you know, it's highly like advisable to do what you need to go, to work through that before ex- exploring into kink because I have seen people also using kink as a coping mechanism yeah. of what they have been through in life and I am not training that and for me it's just for people that have not gone through any severe trauma but you know you have that generation like emotional trauma that you have this is a really great way for me um ropes it was i remember my first first rope experience um I, it was from with one of my friends she said, just try it and i've never felt so relaxed after it was very oh. it was very like it was very uneasy because i'm like such a type a woman back then like everything's under control and having someone or having to give that control to someone for that particular for however long it is for that for that time session to happen it was such a like oh but also a liberating experience and it was just like an instant like relaxation and I think that for us if you're very like type a successful is that you have a lot you're very rigid in your body because you're so you're trying to hold it up yeah you're yeah the um you're so pent up isn't it and you walk straight back yeah you walk straight back and wear like ready i'm ready you know super tight like bandage skirt like those like you know corporate skirt with your heels it's like it's so bad for like the you flow. You literally explained to me last year. <laughs> oh, there, like there was me back in corporate. Like I like to wear those like super tight super skirts. Super tight dresses. Yeah, and looks nice with your heels, but you're straight. Oh my God, now I'm just like, don't come close to me. <laughs> um, and I think that for me, like one of the biggest, like there were a lot of different discovery, but one thing that 
stood out that um, happened pretty recent was that um, expressing myself. So I always thought that I um, am a very silent lover in bed. So I have this story that I told myself that, oh, you know, I'm loud everywhere, so maybe I'm just meant to be silent in bed. And I had this um, play session with one of um, my, yeah, this, I don't even know how to label them sometimes because he's a good friend, but we also kind of play together. Um, so we were having some rope session and he was like, Adeline, you need to give me more, you need to give me more cues. And I think sometimes, you know, we're like that comes down to us having our voice and our throat yeah. like blocked as a woman because we were told to shut up for such a long time and don't know how to speak up. And it was like, I don't need to give me some cues to know if you're enjoying this. I'm like, I know, but I don't know how to, like, I was like, I don't know how to do it. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know how to do it? Like, so, like, we are so rigid. And that was me six months into kink. And I thought that I was really expressive because I now know what I like and I can express to them. But in that play moment, I was like, I said, no, Adeline, you're going to let loose. I'm like, no, I'm doing it. He's like, you need to let your body flow. If you, if you enjoy it, twitch, you know, like just making sound and, I realized at that time I was like, fuck, I thought I was a quite, I thought I was a silent lover. But then, you know, this brings back to the stereotype we spoke about earlier is that because I had this like resistance towards moaning because of Japanese porn of like how women make that sound. And I was like, I don't want to be one of those women. So I, I don't make that. How? I mean, I, I don't know do it. On the podcast. Are you sure? I feel like I'm, I'm laughing. Like, I'm like, okay, let's try this. Like, <laughs> I was like, ah, uh, like just some sort of noise that you want yeah. to, like, even over, like, ah, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Like, I just literally could not, like, it, it's like I had a um, block in my throat. And then I realized, oh, wow, it's not that I'm a silent lover, it's just something is blocked here. And, and then I realized, and then I look back to some of the experience. So this is, this is actually a really good indication. It's like, I don't know, you know, for those of you who have done yoga classes, when they do OM at the end of the class, I can't do the OM for some reason. And I talk a lot. And then at the end, there's something that I just can't like do that OM sound. And I realized there's something right there that I have to work through. So I think that it's such an interesting way to see to kind of look into like the areas of your life and how can you that's such yeah. an interesting thing I feel like there'd be a, a lot of people listening and myself included that it's like I want to say things but I just get blocked in my throat it yeah. comes up and then I'm literally oh, this sounds very sexual image but oh. I mean like it comes up to my throat and you can't say it yeah it's like oh no 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 I'll do it later I'm not gonna say it and you're just like oh see you you lose that power somewhere yeah and that yeah. is that is us holding ourselves back and the divine feminine is expressive yeah. if I want to yell it's like ah and with that recent experience that I had with the squirting I think we need to name it something now and I yeah and for me like that I just did not hold back and I and I think that's what I was like wow that was such an empowering experience because after that I just like I think that's also helped me a lot in speaking up about sexuality on the internet is because I think once you clear that it's like yep nothing is stopping me you're ready for you're going exactly I'm just on a complete personal note I'm gonna get very embarrassed saying this what is your opinion so for me right when I was younger in my early 20s I was like modeling in Asia and I was having sex with a lot of beautiful male models and I was really like 
still being very vanilla, but I was exploring a lot sexually, right? Damn, you're living the life. Ah, I know, there we go. Ah. <laughs> but the thing was, was that what's, what I felt like happened to me was that I got into this partying, sex, drug, kind of like re- repetitive pattern, right? And then as I've grown and I've developed and I've kind of worked on myself, I feel like I kind of cut a lot of that side off of me in terms of like the the drugs, the alcohol, the partying, and to because I just didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't want to have that behaviour, but I and as well, I didn't want to sleep with lots of guys. It just isn't at that point in my life anymore. And um, no disrespect to anyone that does, but for me, I was just like, oh, I've I've kind of had my fill. But I feel like in cutting certain parts off, I've cut off this kind of sexual part of myself as well so I used to really have loads of confidence in the bedroom right whilst now I feel like I lack it and I don't know where it's gone I don't know where the disconnect is from this woman in her early 20s that was sleeping around and having a lot of fun but that was for my early 20s to now in my late 20s I'm I'm more like oh timid and less confident really yeah which is I don't I know it doesn't make sense is it because in the past you kind of measure that based on like the the hot men that you sleep with and now in your subconscious mind you're like maybe because I'm not having as many sex oh sorry as as much sex with hot models that that kind of I think it's more it more than that I talk about it I feel like it's a lot of shame like it's more shame that I used to sleep around that often so now because I'm in like a committed loving relationship um it's more not not that my boyfriend would ever it's not not coming from him this is coming from me it's more oh I feel like disconnecting that kind of drug party and sex part of me has disconnected all of it where else I should have like you're saying talking about the defined feminine it's okay it's okay to feel sexy it's okay to walk into the car I think a lot of it has a lot of shame with um sorry we're going to slightly off track here it's like I used to do modeling and I used to feel so empowered by my kind of like beauty and looks and how I felt about myself. But then I really wanted to kind of shred that shallow side yeah. of me. And I've shredded a lot with that. And I just don't know what I'm losing in the process. Maybe, yeah. Because if, if you shift the perspective of that, maybe in the past, sex for you was more of a physical appearance thing. But now if you see sexuality as a spiritual experience on how it's able to, you know, allow you to get to know yourself better and just really open yourself up to what's possible out there that that might change your experience yeah that's good yeah sorry I think it's very valid though I think that we attach so much shame I mean before I mean it was funny because I feel like I'm a late boomer here like before like I'm in my early 20s I was kind of like I was hooking up a lot but I wasn't like sleeping with people and then I and then I was in like at my prime age, I was in a long-term relationship, which was, I don't know what was going on. Um, and then after the relationship ended, I kind of started traveling and I started having a lot of like one night stand, but it wasn't like, it was, yeah, it, it wasn't, I just decided to have it because in my relationship, I thought I had low libido, but it was just, it was just, a, it wasn't a right relationship. And, you know, I didn't feel like it was just something that was blocked. And then from one experience, I was like, holy shit, you know, I, I didn't know that I have all these sexual energy and I just started having sex with, like, you know, one-night stands and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, that was what needed to happen in during that time. And I know that one of your questions is your worth, worth experience, so I'm going to save that ah! to later. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think that 
it's one thing that is really important is we need to let go of any um, judgment or guilt or shame that we have around you know, the sexual experience that we had. And I think that if you have fun, you have a great time, you feel fantastic, like, own that shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think how can you bring it here? It's just that you can still unleash that crazy while sat in bed. And I think that that comes down to the whole really allowing all that craziness in you to really come to out in the bedroom. And like, that's, calm it. Yeah, and that's the naked truth. And the more, like, the more polarity you have between you and your partner, that's when it gets more wild and quantum sexual experience (laughs) okay perfect okay so how do well i think we we've covered well how do we ask for what we want first of all do you know what you want oh i love um this question yeah this is a very like this is a legit question it's like i like when i ask my clients what do you like what do you like doing for fun? Not even sexual related. They look at me like I just asked them like a math question. Like, no, what do you enjoy doing for fun? I don't know. You can't ask for what you want or if what you, you enjoy if you don't know what you want. And and I think that what I like to explain also like um, to my clients is that you're going to go through a phase where you're in an exploration phase. And when you're in that exploration, exploration and experimental phase, you have to make sure that you're not overly critical of everything and you are going to find stuff that you might like or you don't like. So for an example, I'm not big on orgy. So even though I am into the kink scene, I'm very open-minded on what I can try, but I'm also very like deep connection is like my top priority. Yeah. So, but then I had a, like one of my farewell parties last year turned into an orgy. It was a great time and I had experienced that and I decided that I don't want to have orgies anymore. Maybe I might have threesomes in the future, but I've had that experience and I wouldn't have known if I wasn't, I didn't get into yeah, that. You weren't trying it. Yeah, so I think that there is a, there's this like scale of like, you know, when you allow yourself to go out and venture and find out what you like, be prepared to find stuff that you don't like. And I think people are so afraid, like, what if I don't like it? I'm like, you don't even know what you like. So explore, you ha- explore it. So, um, yeah, first of all, really ask yourself what you want. And I think that a really good exercise is like maybe after having sex with your partner, it's like, what do you like and what do you not like from that session? Because obviously there would be something that would be higher on your preference list and then like lower your like pleasure list. So you have to, you know, being aware of that makes you clear what you want and once you know it's like you just gotta ask for it perfect yeah that's great i really like that advice i just realized as well that it's a rhetorical question that's what i was trying to get my words out before really yeah because i was like you just asked me a question in response to my question what's that (laughs) (laughs) you're such an idiot sometimes and okay so what is missing to this question and what is missing in sex in 2020 it doesn't have to be sex so much more about like what are we missing in our conversations with sex or our sex in general? Everything. Uh, like, I've, I think we don't talk about sex enough. It's like we have so much advertisement that sexualize things, like on the surface level, like, you know, girls with big titties and, like, all those things. But that's the surface. The moment you get close to, like, sex... People clam pe- up. Pe- like, people just, like... And then, like, Facebook starts banning you with, like, you know, shadow ban everything. So, actually, I wrote this post a couple of months ago. It's like, okay, all these words, sex, boobs, titties, pussy, cock, period, penis, 
hope I remember them. It's like, how many people like just cringe or they can't even say those words out? And if you think about it, penis is just the same as your nose. Well, not the same, but it's just a body part on you. Well, I mean, stuff still comes out of it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> liquid still comes out from it, right? It just depends on which hole it's coming out from. Or like your, your, your boobs or your tits yeah. and like your arm. They're body parts, but why are we, like, if we can't even say the body parts, how are we going to have conversations and oh, what we so like? interesting, the language as yeah, well. Yeah. Like, it's like, so terrified of language. What does that say about the actual thing itself? Yeah, but we sexualize so much things. So we're like, oh, you know, like sex sells. So you, you know, have better sex or whatever. Like all these, you know, like half-naked women on advertisement. But you can't go deeper into that. It's so surface level. And I think what is missing is like, people really need to understand and see that sexuality and spirituality goes together. Wow. Boom. Boom. sentence. Repeat that one. The sexuality and spirituality, like, they are, it goes together. And I think that when you see it as a spiritual experience, you also have more fun. It's like, well, going to go on this spiritual awakening journey. Might as well have better sex. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Amazing. Actually, I want to add something to that as well, is that I think so many of us are trying to, find sex or trying to find love, trying to find fulfillment, trying to find joy as like a destination to get to. And we've forgotten to kind of really slow down and experience what it means to have sex, what it means to to be sexual, what it means to be sensual, what it means to be joyful and really find out like to really kind of work out what it really means to have a sexual experience instead of like, I just want to have sex and just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing so much free advertisement for him. I know, he's, Angie's going to be loving us. I know. know. People lose weight. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, last question um, before our free fun questions. Um, why are we so terrified? Well, we kind of answered this, but we talked about why are we so terrifying of exploring the world with our partners and why are we explore? Why? Oh, God, hang on, let me cut that. <laughs> why are we so terrified of exploring this sexual world with our partners and the world around us? Because we all have this false belief or this false perception of what sex means. And it's like, I mean, I remember when my coach was like, you got to come to this party. I'm like, no way in hell I want to go to BDSM party, even though in my head I was like, yeah, fuck, I'm curious. But there's so much shame. And even when I first got into it, because I'm, I'm a manifester in human design. So when I learn something new, I'm like, oh my God, guys, I've just experienced this. And all my friends were like, are you okay? Like they were generally worried about me. And I think that there's, and I think also number one is we don't really question what we're told. And number two is that we are so, we are so used to protecting ourselves. as like, what if I tell my partner that I want to, I want him to choke me? Is he going to think any less of me? And I think that, you know, as, you you know you know you've done the inner work as you've kind of done more of this like spiritual work within yourself then you know that the partner that you're with is open-minded enough to have these open conversations because if you if you you know if you're in a matrix relationship i know it's really bad to label that but if you're in a normal relationship that doesn't have much of those like inner that has done inner work it's like hey babe i was just thinking can we explore this it's gonna be like what you know like the first thing they, they, they come to you is like, what is wrong with you? As opposed to like, oh, that sounds fun. Maybe we can look into that together. Yeah, like yeah. having an open mind. And not having that safe container, like the emotional safe space for people to um, 
to explore because that's what I've noticed, you know, the more I start opening conversations, everyone's like, oh, actually, I want to try that. It's just because everyone is like, oh, you know, deep down they're like, I want to try that, but would I look like, would I look ashamed? Would I look, sorry, would I look like a dickhead? Would I look like unprofessional and all that stuff like that? So Yeah. Oh, wow. I love that safe container. There we go. Yeah. And that is the end of our BDSM talk. That was incredible. That was so fun. Like, oh. Oh, my God. Like, we were, I've learned, like, my, I'm, I feel like I need three days to process this all because I have learned so much. You were amazing. Thank you for being so open and honest. I feel like when you're creating a gateway for other women and other men to feel empowered to have these discussions. Do you know what I mean? Like, God, God, we God, for, God forbid, Andrew. Like, thank, thank, like, you, yeah, thank, thank you for you. facilitating this. Thanks, um, Andrew. That's a part of, I think, the, the, the divine feminine is that when you show up as who you are, then you empower other people to do the same. Yeah. And for those of you who wonder why I can talk openly about sex right now, it's because of sex. Like, you know, being in, like, BDSM, like, having to have those conversations, like, hold on, I don't like this, hold on, I don't want Bruce to respond. You have learned to actually speak up and just really seeing how it has shifted me because, you know, in the past you can probably kind of, I think it's probably similar, like you're in corporate world, you're confident on the outside, but you're holding back so much on what you really want to say and now it's like no filter and that's why we had the conversation in the WhatsApp group. Um, guys, yeah, so on that um, WhatsApp group, that guys, was great. It was one of the best entertainment I've had <laughs> this year, and um, I highly encourage any of you who listen, who are, you know, who has like kind of any like what do you call that, like inspiration from it to have conversation with yeah, your partner. Open the conversation yeah. up. Um, okay, so three quick uh, questions. This is a fast game. Um, where sex? Okay, so this is um. Started last year. Uh, it was a one night stand here in Bali. Yeah. It ha- it has a lesson from there. So it was one of the worst sex I've had because it was just literally like a washing machine with his penis and oh. And then for me as a woman, I was like, I just kind of pretend to orgasm and just so I can finish with it. And that's when I had the the moment. I was like, holy shit! The reason why so many shitty guys think that they're so good in bed is because us as women never tell them their shit. Because we can't speak up. we fake the orgasm. Yeah, because we can't speak up. We don't know how to speak up. We don't know what we want. So we fake the orgasm and they think that we're having a good time. And it's just... It's a cycle. And, that's, and then people start giving pussy massage and we don't even like pussy massage. So personally, I feel like I prefer the guy to go down on me than giving me a pussy massage always tell like i always feel like if you're if a guy likes to go down on you and stuff and goes to do that for you first you're like okay we're into it we're we're on exactly something yeah so that's some advice for you guys exactly on the woman and the woman knows you're into it exactly (laughs) best compliment um i think it was from this little cowboy romance i had in austin last year and he was like you're so like affectionate i really like it and it was it was really good for me because I always knew I wasn't really affectionate. And again, I was holding back from being too affectionate because he might come across as too friendly. Mm. But then at that time, I just did it. And then to hear someone's like, you're so affectionate. I was like, oh, that's lovely. Yeah, that's really, I like that. And okay, safest place. What do you mean by this? Entirely how you want to interpret it. Ah, safest place. When I, when I'm like aligned at peace with myself, when I, when I'm like connected knowing that whatever that I do is me and not my ego and my mind takeover. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's lovely. I love that. Yeah. And it's like centering yourself. Centering myself. And now like I actually, 
it's getting more and more obvious when I'm like not when I'm not feeling safe and knowing that I can always go back and just which is why now I think I'm ready to move out and live alone yeah bold step yeah although current apparently there's corona around too so we'll see how that happens yeah, yeah, alone. <laughs> I know we might regret it too so and um, okay is there anything so I just wanted to end on a quote that you wrote and um, true authenticity is the complete unfiltered version of yourself I read this and I was like, wow. Yeah. Strong. It's your quote, right? Yeah, it's my yeah, quote. Okay, good. I'll yeah. this no, 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 it is my quote because my friend, my friend interviewed me and she wrote that. I'm like, fuck, I love being able to quote myself these days. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I hope you quoted that because I'm just ripping off something. No, I, 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 I wrote that, so yes. Yeah, that's such a great quote. True authenticity is the complete unfiltered version of yourself. Yeah. Um, can you tell the listeners um, anything that you want to plug? Any, what's your website? What do you do? Anything? Yeah. Um, so I do want to, um, I, you can hit me up on, um, I am Adeline, uh, on Instagram, um, or check out my website, adelineur.com. There are a lot of, um, kind of content around how sexuality and spirituality really, um, comes hand in hand. And I'm also working together to put, sorry, to put together a conscious King workshop, really kind of go deeper into what we spoke about today. And with women or men as well both I, I, I'm either way so yeah. the workshop is more of an education site but I really want to create like a safe like container for people that wants to explore um, so that is coming soon well I guess it's out in podcast now so in a month's time let's put a deadline there shall yeah, we there we go you um, said it manifested it so yeah there. exactly and um, what, um, I also have like a lot of in a pipeline on how to redefine sex and what it means for people okay. um, and I have a program coming out called love and acceptance and I think that at the core of everything you have to love and accept yourself for what it is you know like all the things we spoke about I can feel ashamed if you know what I have experienced or I can accept it it's part of my journey is part of wanting to learn and it's part of what I have to share with the world so until you can accept you for who, who you are it's also very hard for you to show up as your most naked self in bed. Yeah, 100%. Okay, wow, that was amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know my head has been blown off and I know that loads of people are going to really value from you being so open. So thank you. You've really inspired me today. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. I mean, like, guys, you don't have to go to this retreat now. I know, there you go. Well, I, I'm still going to go. I want to turn up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> back and, um... Bye, thank you so much. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, um, write a review, like if you want to email me, Amy at Call Life Crazy. Oh, can't even say it. Amy at Call Life Crazy.com or Amy Mansono on Instagram. Thanks, guys. Bye.